Welcome to The Conversation, the weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your best self. I'm your host, Khalif, like a leaf on a tree, and today I'm having a conversation with Dr. Christopher K. Bass. He's here to teach us how to love from a distance. Whether you're single, married, or in a relationship, he's here to give us the tools we need to survive the quarantine. All this and so much more coming up next on the all-new Conversation. So every now and then I like to ask my guest a random question. And my random question to you, Dr. Bass, is um, what is your favorite thing to do for your spouse? (sighs) My favorite thing to do for her or her favorite thing that I do? Have you won it? The favorite thing that I do for her is, my favorite thing that I do for her is I make sure that all of her technology is up to date. Ooh, that's really thoughtful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not really romantic. Right. But I, I want her to always have access. So if she needs to have access to me or the kids or work, she should always have it. And I should always be able to help her with that. It's so cold. <laughs> it's like the little things like that that just make you want to go, oh. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into today's topic. Um, loving from a distance, whether that be, no matter what that distance is, if it's up close and personal or if it's miles and miles away, But um, first, I want to uh, talk with you about um, the couples who are quarantining separately from a distance, because a lot of us, and when I say us, I definitely am including myself, just Mm -hmm. miss each other, like miss touching each other, miss looking Mm -hmm. at each other. And I just want to know, what do you think are some ways that you can still build that intimacy and that bonding experience, even though we're like, far apart. Hmm. Well, let's say this, you know, it's oxymoronic um, for us to be in relationships and us be quarantined away from each other. Mm-hmm. It, because all relationships involve, or most relationships involve, connection. And what happens when our connection is taken away from us? Now, it's one thing if there was um, one of us who decided that we wanted to be away from each other. There's some power in that from one one partner. But when society tells you that you can't be together, then that creates a whole nother layer of confusion, frustration, and so forth. So I wanted to say that first before I talk about how to make it work. Understanding that you are out of control. Mm. Your partner's out of control. You're out of control. You're both out of control right now. So it's nothing that the other person can do to make you connected. That's very, very important. What I've seen a lot of times, especially during this period, is couples find themselves frustrated a lot because unconsciously you believe that if you're not in control, then your partner is in control. There's something that he or she could do, but it's really nothing that they can do, just like it's nothing that you can do. So, How do we make it work when we can't connect? Well, you know, for me to say, utilizing technology, 
is a way to do that. I mean, that's sort of, you know, common. We, we know that. Mm-hmm. But how do you use Zoom? How do you use um, different things like FaceTime and, and Duo and other things like that to connect with each other? One thing that I have seen that works really, really good, especially with people who have a couple of coins in their pockets, is create something like um, what I advised a couple to do just last week. I had him to secretly send his partner who was not, you know, with him, some flowers from Amazon. Oh. And when the flowers arrived, then, you know, they were able to have that same level of excitement because look, it's something that I'm doing for you. Now it doesn't have to be flowers. It could be a teddy bear. It could be, you know, a bag of Hershey's Kisses. It could be, you know, you name it. You know, it can be some something like a, a small container of jelly beans, mm-hmm. you know, that you find on Amazon, you know, but just deliver it to your partner's address. That makes They're- me think of um, actually couples who, uh, when one is away in the military and they mm-hmm. like send each other gifts and letters and stuff. Yes. So- care packages yes yeah I, I, I didn't even think of well i did think of it i got my little book bag little some some <laughs> okay 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 but um that is one thing i did uh, read somewhere and i forgot about that until you just now mentioned it mm-hmm. but what it's were you so going effective. to say it's so effective i mean mm-hmm. another thing that you hit that i was about to say was writing letters mm-hmm. you know when you talk to your partner you talk about, you know, what's going on in your world. And what I've seen work is for a person to write down a summary or what I thought about what you said, write it down, put it in an envelope and mail it to your partner. And the thing people don't think about doing little things like that. And those little things, like the little things that people would think, oh, this is corny. They, Mm -hmm. they hit the most and the most, I don't know what part of the heart they hit, but it just explodes all over. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what, man, I'm telling you, the one thing that we need, I talked about this or I alluded to it earlier, there's a need to control a narrative. Mm. If I get something from you, I know that you heard me when we talked. Okay. So because you heard me, that makes me feel powerful like I touched you even though I'm receiving back my words or our words through letter form. You know, that's so powerful. Here's another thing, Khalif. Go outside and grab a a flower or, you know, something on the uh, ground or or a flower outside growing in your yard or something and take a petal and send it to them. Those small things. That is so sweet. it's, it's, It's small things that when you see the flower petal, and, you know, you have a flower petal, your partner has a flower petal, and you all are saying, look, this is where this petal came from. You know, it came from this branch. It came from this tree. So while we can't touch each other, we can hold something that came from the same source. You know, so powerful. That is so like, oh, that almost makes me want to cry. <laughs> that is such a beautiful thing, though. Because I feel like this whole quarantine, not quarantine, the social distancing, it's causing us to love in a more creative and thoughtful way, even though something like that is so simple. It's just like, Mm -hmm. 
it's like the the gift that costs two hundred dollars isn't going to hit the same as something that costs probably nothing, like a uh, a flower petal or something. Right. Exactly. And that's right. those are the best gifts to get. Like I would love to get this much, but the money is not the the biggest kicker of it all. No. No. Like you like can you be just, broke and still have the be the best giver, best, best gift giver. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I've also seen couples do is to play games. You know if they have to do the um, the FaceTime or the equivalent of, mm-hmm. they've done games, and I've seen folks do, of course, the the Scrabble and of course the Uno and things like that. But what would happen if you all did? penny surfing you know what is what is penny surfing penny surfing is you stand on one side of the room your partner stands on another side of the room and you all shoot pennies toward the cracks in the wall to see who can land closest to you know those small things like that where you're competing against each other but it's something more active than uno or scrabble You know, so so like you said a minute ago, be very, very creative. And those things like that don't cost anything. They don't. Literally a penny. Yeah. Yeah. It costs a penny. It costs nothing but time. And it's something that nobody else is doing. So you can do those things. Um, Other things that I've seen work are creating dishes together. You know, you you have your phone propped up in the kitchen. Your partner has the phone popped up in the kitchen and you all actually create the same type of dish using the same ingredients. And then you all taste it together. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally like the smile I have on my face right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's again, those things you all are eating dinner together but you're eating the same dish so now what we're doing is we're sharing a dish you're not eating pizza and i'm not eating chicken we're actually created something together and then we're eating together that is so like now i feel like i could social distance for maybe another month or two with (laughs) tips (laughs) because that like oh the joy Exactly. Now watch wow. this, Khalif. Watch this, Khalif. Watch this. When you're eating, right, how powerful would it be if you asked your partner, okay, what do you think it needs? And your partner said, well, it could use a little bit more salt. And you say, you know what? I agree. Let's add a little bit more salt. That is exactly. so freaking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, okay, I feel like sometimes people in my age bracket, we don't think about things like that. And that is, like, just the thought of it is, like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. It is. And what does excitement do? Excitement breaks the monotony. Wow. And that's what this is. It's just monotony. It's minutia. It's just nothingness. You know, and it's it's very difficult. So, I mean, if we were to summarize everything that I've said and you've said, I think that the word would be creativity. Mm. You have to be creative yes. and show some creativity 
uh, during these times. So a uh, quick transition that's not very smooth. Okay. <laughs> but um, I want to talk to the single people who are just single and ready to mingle at this point because mm. a lot of people just feel like, okay, I'm over this. I want to go out. I want to go meet some people. I want to go out on a date and all this stuff. So how do you single mingle? I mean, how do you mingle when we're in the middle of a social distancing um, pandemic? Great question. Great question. And I'd like to say this to all of the single people out there. Last year, there was a survey that was taken and it showed all new relationships. And what they found was something very interesting. 80%, 82% actually, of new relationships start online. 82%. I can attest to that. Mm-hmm. So if 82% of new relationships start online, even if you're single, if we have that in mind, then the majority of relationships start online. So it wouldn't be difficult for you to date online. I've known a lot of people to start dating online. Maybe they met at one of these uh, club parties that they have online or, or these DJing events, or mm -hmm. maybe you are, I mean, you notice someone has a catchy um, username and then you reach out to that person, you DM that person and you say, hey, would you like to get some drinks later? And, you know, how, how will we get drinks later? Well, let's FaceTime each other and we'll share ideas and we'll share time. You can share time with other people, even during this time. Wow. Now, that's an attractive quality to actually have, to um, see the creative, not the creativity, the creative side of people, um, like meeting someone new and seeing their creative side in the midst of all of this chaos. Well, it's not chaos, only if you make it chaos, but. Yep. Ooh. See, now I was going to call it mental chaos, mm. but you hit that hit a little harder than what I was going to say, because you said, if you make it. And what that means and what that tells me, Khalif, is that it's really up to the person and how they're believing this whole phenomenon is going on. Right. If, you think, if you think that it's horrible, then it will be. If you think that this is an opportunity to reflect and engage in your own you know, passions or creativity, then it will be. Yeah. So it's all about how you create it in your mind. I literally, um, I keep saying to everyone that I come in contact with, seems like that the quarantine, the way I looked at it was a blessing in disguise. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's not the best situation, but it's not the worst situation because mm. when has the world ever stopped and given us time to, um, handle our business, handle our problems. or Like the world, people always say, the world never stops for anyone. Well, it stops for the first time. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I tell you, I have had so many different creative bursts. I started writing music again. When I haven't wow. written a song since 2016 or 17. Wow. And it was wow. just this creative force of nature, like a hurricane of creativity just hit my whole body. And I'm like, this is the perfect time for me because yes. I can, I can focus on what I need to focus on. I can take time to relax. I can take time to meditate throughout my day. And it's not going to be like, Oh wait, I got to get up and go to class. Mm. I can schedule my timing because I get up pretty early now. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty much up at five. Oh, uh, wow. 
Well, hmm. 5.30 to 6 o'clock is like generally my time of being up, but then I go back to sleep. <laughs> wow, wow. But I, wow. I do try to stay um, on that routine because otherwise I just find myself being lazy and that's not, that's never good. No, no. You, you, you said something right there, man, in terms of this being the perfect time to do something inside of you that you've always wanted to do but never made time to do. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. But again, you have to be focused on that. And your focus right now is, I don't want to be lazy, so let me do something. I don't want to sleep, so let me do something. That's what I would encourage people to do. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to yourselves and do something. Yeah, because I was lazy for the first few days. And then I was like, okay, that was fun. Let me do something. <laughs> because it starts, it kind of starts to, it started to impact my own little, not little, my own kind of self-esteem. And I just was like, before I had uh, this platform of a show, I kind of wasn't feeling very productive in life. And once I started with it, I just had this this drive and this uh, um this passion for it that I'd never had for anything in my entire life. Wow. And once I went on a break of that two week hiatus to get the show together, to get the mics, this and the set, I was like, okay, I need to get back on because mm. I just was starting to feel that, 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 that need to talk to my people. Hey, yes. y'all, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. What is your inner voice telling you to do? What is it? What, what's going on internally? I, I love the idea of you reaching out to your people. You know, I, I, I love it. I was listening to a podcast just recently with uh, Dr. Black, Danny Black. Oh, wow. Uh, and he was saying something very powerful. He said that we need to listen to nature. Mm. So I said, okay, okay, Black. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. And I let that whole pod, you know, cast go. Then I'm sitting on my deck and I'm looking at this red bird and I'm saying, oh my God, I've never seen this red bird. It's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to my son and I call my son downstairs who's home, you know, he's home from college. And I say, Chris, look at this red bird. This is amazing. And he said, dad, this red bird is out here every day. And I'm uh-huh. like, what do you mean? He said, it's here every day about the same time. I said, I've never paid attention to it. So what is nature showing you to focus on that you haven't paid attention to, but now you have an opportunity to really focus and pay attention to what the inner voice is telling you and also what nature is showing you. Oh my gosh, man, this, this is a great time if we believe it to be. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. So, um, our next thing I want to talk about is quarantining together. Mm. I have the blessed privilege of not having to quarantine with anyone. Now, at first, I will say this back to being single, actually. So, I'm going to retract. Um, I, was, I was feeling a little down. And mm. I was feeling a little lonely. And um, I kind of just was feeling really needy. And that's where having something to do and being busy, not necessarily busy, busy, but just having something that I can look forward to when I wake up in the morning, something that I can have a goal set for myself to do. That kind of was what pulled me out of, oh, we're in mm-hmm. quarantine. Oh, I'm alone. Oh, I can't see. 
my little boo thing. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing. And this is what folks don't typically understand. The brain can only focus on one thing at a time. Let me say that again. The brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So the brain can easily be distracted. If you are someone who's by yourself and you're bored or you're by yourself and you're lonely or you're by yourself and you're depressed or you're by yourself and you're anxious, right? You can always change the channel. And changing the channel is easier said than done, but it's really not that difficult if you pay attention. What I'm saying is this. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling sad. Oh, hey, there's a bird that just flew by my window. What just happened in that moment? Change the channel? I changed the channel. I'm not thinking about how sad or depressed I was. I'm not thinking about how lonely I was. I'm now thinking about hey, there's a bird that just flew by my window. What kind of bird was that? How beautiful was that bird that just went by? I wonder where it's going. Now my brain is going toward or focusing in on something other than what it was focused or processing before. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's something called the facial recognition or response hypothesis. And what that says, I'm telling you, this this is a key right here. If you are depressed, smile. Hmm. And someone says, or someone's thinking, one of your audience members is thinking, why would I smile if I'm depressed? Well, you wouldn't. Those two are opposite expressions, right? Well, one is a feeling, one is an actual action. If I smile or if I laugh, then my brain cannot focus on the things that I was depressed on. Now I'm focused on the laughter. So that's a little, that's a little trick. That's a little tweak for those people who are lonely or by themselves, change the channel. I have never thought of that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so real and it's so true. Try it out. Now does, when you smile, does it, does it send some type of signal to your brain or something? Yes. (laughs) Because honestly, I don't think I've ever, I don't think you can be sad. I mean, you can you can try. You can, if you really want to. I'm pretty sure you can try, but I don't think you will succeed. But it's hard to smile and be sad at the same time. Exactly. But then exactly. I want to twist that and be like, I mean, someone. I feel like someone's saying, "Well, it's hard to be uh, smile when you're sad." Well, flip that. It's hard to be sad when you smile. That's true. Absolutely. When you smile, what happens is it sends not only signals, but it also sends endorphins to your brain. It sends neurotransmitters, specifically dopamine, to your brain, and it releases happy feelings, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm smiling right now, and I'm happy. Why am I smiling? Why am I happy? I I don't have anything right now to smile or be happy about, but just right now, Khalif, I'm, I'm literally looking at a wall and I'm smiling. Now I'm happy all of a sudden. See, you can trick your brain into feeling any way you want to feel. But what happens when we're down? What happens when we're lonely? What we typically do during those times is we surround ourselves with down and lonely things like music. We'll start to listen to soft and slow music i do not listen to tony braxton i'm sad i cannot hear another sad love song Mm -mm. that'll that'll 
because those <laughs> songs hit differently when you are actually going through those feelings. Yes. I listen to Lizzo if I'm sad, and she will go. pull me right through it. She has a song um, called, uh, oh, I think, oh, is, is, it, is it exactly how I feel? Whatever it is, shout out to Lizzo. I love that shout one. Shout out to Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Because all of her music is very positive. You're not going, I mean, except for that last song, um, no, no, no. All of the songs are positive. They're pretty much like, look, if it's just me, myself, and I, at the end of the day, I will be happy still. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I tell you, Lizzo done brought me, not Lizzo, the Lord, but <laughs> some of her music has helped me get through some tough little, little patches of my life or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. she just has that up-tempo, positive vibe music all the time. And I love it. And what you just did and what you just described was what I talked about a couple of minutes ago when I said you have to change the channel. Change the channel for sure. Or change the frequency or change the narrative, whichever one you want to use. But it's a cognitive switch that you're in control of. I'm going to listen to some Lizzo right now because I'm not in a good space. I'm not in a good space, so I'm going to listen to some upbeat, up-tempo music. But here's what we typically do. Misery loves company. (laughs) Because because misery loves company so much, when we're down, we want to either talk about how down we are. Yes. We want to feel other people who are down. So we tend to go toward the Unbreak My Hearts, the Tony Braxtons, Mm -hmm. or some of the others, slow tempo, because you know what? Tony feels the way I'm feeling right now. Right. You're like, you are so right, Tony. (laughs) You are so right, Tony. (laughs) Exactly. But that's just commiserating in pain. Mm. Now, you know, what I've been doing lately is I've been going and I've been looking up some of the words that we typically use. And back in the old days, the old ladies in church used to tarry. You know, there's a word that I, they, they would tarry, you know, in church. And tarry, I never understood what tarry meant. I don't know. I, I don't know. Is that the, the mm, type of moan? Yeah, tarrying. Tarrying means staying. Staying. Mm. Put. I'm tarrying in the Lord is what they used to say. I'm tarrying in whatever. But they used to use that term. Now, I'm, I'm way older than you, Khalid. <laughs> so if I'm talking about old ladies, I don't know if you're going to know those old ladies. They might not. The old they ladies may not today. Be <laughs> exactly. They the don't look too old. <laughs> but these old ladies used to use the word tarry. I'm tarrying in something. So I never understood what that word meant until recently. And what I heard and what I learned was tarrying means staying in that narrative. Staying in the narrative. That's what tarry means. So your narrative could be anything, whatever mood state you subscribe to in that moment. I'm going to tarry in the narrative of me being sad. Mm. You know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay in the narrative of being lonely. I'm going to stay in this place of not being, you know, um, relatable or attractive or fill in the blank. That's where I'm going to stay. Mm. But the problem with that is 